Welcome back to another We Are Sunderland podcast in partnership with the Sunderland Farm Museum. It's a special one this morning with former Sunderland star Lyndon Gooch. We sat down with the Black Cats Academy graduate ahead of his return to the Stadium of Light last month with Stoke City to discuss all things red and white. The relegation from the Premier League, scoring the winner on the Papa John's Trophy final at Wembley, the impact of the takeover behind the scenes, promotion of the Championship and much more. Don't forget to head over to We Are Sunderland to take advantage of our launch offer, which is six months of coverage for just £1. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and share the video, subscribe if you haven't already, and leave a comment if you're enjoying the content so far. Without further ado, let's get into the video. Well, first of all, thanks for joining me, Lyndon. How, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yeah, all good. There can only be sort of one place to start, 250 appearances for yourself. I mean, did you ever envisage hitting that mark when you first started out? Um, no, to be honest, you, you don't really think about it, do you? Um, I think as a young player, you just you have the dream, don't you, of um, being a professional footballer. Um, and obviously mine from a young age was, was playing for Sunderland. So you just kind of take it um, in your stride. If I take you back to, you know, the very start of, of when you first started playing football back over in America, how was that? Because it's obviously a different environment to, to, to over here. Yeah, um, like it's well documented. Obviously, my dad's English and, and my mom's Irish. So, um, yeah, I had an older brother who played football growing up and I just kind of followed him, you know, as as little brothers do. Um, and then just went from there, really. Um, my dad used to coach us and teach us the basics of football. And, and as we got older, he was our coach for our, our younger teams and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, I mean, at what age did, I think it was 10, was it 10 years old you were when, when Sunderland first sort of registered, you know, got in yeah. touch with you? How, how did that come about? Um, there was a Centre of Excellence from mm. California coming over to the northeast to uh, train and play a few games. I think it was Sunderland, Darlington and York um, mm. at the time. So, um, yeah, that's how it started. And um, I scored a hat-trick in my first game. Yeah. Uh, at, the, at the academy light and then that was basically it at the time jed mcnamee was the academy manager and obviously kevin ball was there um so yeah just kind of spiraled from there really i mean you came over i think i'm right in saying you know spring break summer breaks how how was that was it was it weird at that sort of age or were you very much you know a young lad like living the dream yeah i was and t to be honest from a young age i knew exactly what i wanted to do which is i know people find that quite strange or i think that like I was pushed at it, but I really wasn't. I, I I just wanted to play football. I wanted I wanted to come to England and be a professional footballer. Growing up, they always had um, the games on. The Premier League was always on the telly. Um, yeah. Obviously, the big teams were always on, like Man United. So I was always watching uh, United play as a young lad. Um, and yeah, it was that that was just me from a young age. That's all I wanted to do. Um, I never really had like family holidays or anything like mm. that. It was, it was always spent um, at the academy. How was that? Did you come over by yourself, or, or did your dad sort of come come with you? Yeah, it was uh, me and my dad. Um, yeah, every school holiday, pretty much, um, up until I was sixteen. Yeah. And then, obviously, when you were sixteen, was was that by yourself? Because that's that's pretty big, a big yeah. move at such a young age. Yeah, that's that's when I moved. Yeah, um, I moved into digs in uh, Seaburn. Um, yeah. I was living with John Egan at, at the time. So, um, yeah, that, that was obviously a, a big um, transition. I mean, how did you first settle in? I know cause just, just from a personal point of view, if that was me, there'd be quite a bit of homesickness. You know, you've got to adapt to a different country. How was that? 
Yeah, to be fair, I, obviously I knew everyone at the club, which is why yeah. I was so adamant that I wanted to go go to Sunderland because I had different options as well. I, I went to West Ham um, just yeah. to see what that was like, but I, I I always wanted to go to Sunderland. You know, obviously the facilities were fantastic, but um, at the time I just felt like it was perfect for me. I knew all the staff. It felt like a family club. Um, and like I say, I was familiar with everyone and, and even the players, you know, I, I knew the likes of George Honeyman from mm. 10, 11 years old. And then obviously we came all the way through together. So, um, yeah, it was that, that bit was quite easy. Yeah. Did you stay in touch with the likes of George, you know, when you were back over in America and, and coming through? Yeah. Yeah. I would, would do. Yeah. Um, not massively. I don't think social media was kind of that yeah. big then, you know what I mean? But, um, I was always looking forward to, to coming over, um, any chance I got? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you, you came through the ranks. You had a you had a loan spell at Gated as well under under Gary Mills, and I think that was of, obviously on the back of when they went to Wembley. How was that first taste of of senior football? Because uh, just looking back, I remember obviously that side at the time was was well known for the way they wanted to play football. That must have suited you as well to as a young player. Yeah, you know, I absolutely loved it. You know, I always speak about my time at Gateshead was was massive for me. You know. Um, I absolutely loved my time there, and I was actually gutted that the club recalled me when they did because mm. I wanted to continue playing there. Um, so yeah, it was great. I'm still quite close with a lot of the lads that I played with mm. at Gateshead. You know, I keep in touch with them and and see them around the northeast when I'm home and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I I loved it. Um, you know, it was really grounding. I had to wash my own kit every day, bring my own yeah. dinner in every day. You know what I mean? Which is you don't have to do that at Sunderland at the academy. You've got everything there, so. It was it was brilliant. I, I I loved it. Yeah. Do you think that stood you in in good stead for when you returned? Because I know it was only a couple of months before you were handed your your first team debut. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, it was a big step. I think sometimes players kind of see non-league and think, oh, I don't really want to go there. But it's the best thing I ever did. Personally, mm. I think there was loads of lads in my youth team who didn't go on those sort of loans, and then. Mm were released two or three years later, whereas I was kind of well in the first team, but at that yeah. time further down the road. So I think those experiences are just good. Even if they even if they don't go well, you learn from mm. them. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. So just obviously when you came through the ranks, I mean, we obviously know when you broke into the first team, you played off the wing at Gateshead. You did play in a bit of a central role also off the wing. Is, yeah. is that sort of the position that you generally played when, when you were growing up? Yeah, growing up, I always played up front, really, um, yeah. either as a number nine or or a number ten behind the striker. That's that's where I always played from um, ten years old. That's how some of them kind of I got the mm. attention of them. Um, and then even like youth team years, I did that. And and in the twenty ones, when I eventually kind of broke into the first team, I, I was playing as a number ten um, mm. and scoring goals. And then like <laughs> it happens a lot, young players they get into the first team and managers kind of put you out wide because of your energy yeah and to work hard and stuff like that and it, i just kind of stayed there how do you look back on those sort of early years when when you first broke in because you know Sunderland were a huge premier league club at the time obviously we'll talk a little bit about you know what happened after but but how how do you look back on that because again still such a young age you broke into that team do you think not necessarily yourself but some players maybe take it for granted of once they get there yeah, I think so. Yeah, totally. Um, I think some players obviously might play a couple of games or be in around it and think they've kind of, right, that's me, I'm going to stay here, but it's not mm. that easy. Uh, yeah. 
especially in the Premier League. Like at the time, we had some unbelievable players, um, players on obviously a lot of money, and then you, you're coming into that environment and you've got to you've got to try and make some sort of impression to try and get in there and stay. Um, so yeah, um, unfortunately, like you say, the Premier League years, like for me personally, once I got in there, it didn't last too long. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, that was disappointing, obviously. Yeah, obviously. You stuck around as well afterwards. I know just obviously in previous you know, job that I've had, I spoke about yourself. It's very rarely that you get a player who sticks around when they drop down, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just to the championship, but then but then to, to League One. I mean, it's it's pretty much testament to your character as well of, of wanting to stay and help get the club back up to that. How tough were those years, both, you know, mentally and seeing the club that, you know, what one from where they they came from from the Premier League to drop down League yeah. One? No, it's ex- extremely difficult. Um, obviously, growing up when I first started coming um, to the academy, like, I think I think when I was ten, I think it might have been the promotion year, and then hmm. they were in the, the Premier League all the way through until um, until we got relegated. So, you know, every everything about the club. In terms of like obviously the academy and everything, it was all still Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah, all that infrastructure was still there. Um, but yeah, I've, I felt like it. It wasn't just me. Me, like I say, I've mentioned George Honeyman. You know, academy lads who we felt we needed to stay and try and yeah help the club or get back on the right track. Um, obviously, it took a lot longer than yeah. we envisioned. But um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really proud that I stayed. You know. I, it's well known how much the club means to me, although I've mm. I didn't grow up in the city, um, like born in the city, but I definitely, a big part of my life was, is obviously there. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that sport has looked on, on you as a, an adopted Mac. I mean, a, a sort of turning point was the arrival of, you know, Kirill, Christian. How was it as a player at that time? Did you notice, you know, a, a considerable change behind the scenes? Yeah, you could tell they wanted to, to change things, the way the club was being operated. I think, obviously, the academy had probably been ran down quite a bit. There hadn't been much changes to it from when it first opened. So they wanted to try and change um, stuff at the training ground, kind of make it more modern. Um, they Obviously, they redone the gym. They, they've redone the canteen now at the at the training ground. So all, all those sort of things they wanted to improve, not just um, the way they do transfers and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, how is it as well? I mean, the, that group, I remember, you know, particularly Lee Johnson had the first sort of crest of, of wave or we'll get onto that, you know, Wembley in, in a moment. But how was that? Because there was a there was a change in sort of impetus with recruitment and, and youngsters. I mean, did that sort of revitalise the group, do you think? Um, I think it was just kind of different than what they were doing. I think before they kind of went down, try and get the most experienced players in League One that had kind of mm-hmm. done it to try and get the club back. Um, and then, as you say, they kind of went down a younger route, um, getting younger players from Premier League clubs who mightn't have been playing much. Um, and in the end, it, it obviously worked out. Yeah, you obviously played, oh, the club obviously got to, to Papa John's Trophy final, or, or EFL Trophy as it was. Mm-hmm. Just if I take you back to that, that season in particular was bizarre, just having no fans there. I mean, scoring in front of a Wembley ball. I know I spoke to you after the playoff final, we sort of touched yeah. on you know, that that moment. But ha- how bizarre was that day to stand on the Wembley turf with, with no fans there? Yeah, it was really strange. Um, you know, playing at Wembley for most people, 
um, especially in England, obviously, uh, is a massive moment. And then you're going into a cup final and there's no fans there, so it's really strange. Um, but obviously, a couple of years before, we, we'd done that and we lost. So yeah. uh, who knows what would have happened if the fans were there that day. You know, th- things happen for a reason, I suppose. And um, yeah, to be honest, I'm just glad that that I scored and that we got that uh, Wembley hoodoo out of the way at the time. Yeah, Gide's obviously Gide played obviously a, a wonderful through ball for you, and I think just from the press box looking on, time seemed to slow down. So, how was that for you on the pitch? Because I remember the keeper just coming out. It yeah, it must have felt just, like um, yeah. I was just trying to see if he would make the first move, which he kind of did, and then I just kind of just waited and lifted it over him uh, as soon as I seen him leaning a bit. So, yeah, it seemed to seemed to take forever to get to the goal mm-hmm. from when uh, Gide uh, made the pass. So. Um, yeah, no, look, it was a great moment. 12 months later, obviously, you know, back back again, maybe a little bit longer. I mean, how, I remember speaking to you again after that and you said it was one of the greatest days of your life. Is is that still the case? Yeah, definitely. That's obviously a massive moment in my career, you know. Um, you know, I think six months before that, there was talk of me leaving Sunderland at the time as yeah. well. Um so yeah, ended up staying and then and then promotion, which is what I always wanted to do. You know, yeah. when we dropped down the league, one was was obviously to help the club get back to where they want to be. Um, and then and then obviously staying and um, playing the next season. And obviously, I've ended up here. So mm. without that promotion, I probably wouldn't be at a club like Stoke now as well. Yeah, how how big of an impact did Alex Neil have on you? But first of all, staying at Sunderland, and then later on, and and you moved to Stoke. Yeah, massive. Um, I think when he took the job at Sunderland, he, he, I think the transfer window had just shut when he got the job. Um, and he said, I know you've had a bit of trouble and um, and whatever has gone on, but um, only us can kind of try and fix it and try and get the club promoted. And if we get if we get promoted, then it's going to benefit everyone, whether, whether you stay here or whether you move on. Um, and if you do well for me, I'll, I'll try and fight for you to keep you at the club. I was like, okay, that was that was day one, and that was it. Just tried to get my head down and just do my best um, for the, for obviously the club, but for him as well. And then obviously last season under Tony Mowbray, I mean, Sunderland played some fantastic football at times. As a player, it must have been a real joy to to be involved in that. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you know, Tony's a he was a great manager. Absolutely loved playing for him. Um, uh, great guy as well. Obviously, we we played them last week, so we had a good chat. Um, yeah. And um, no, yeah, like you say, some of the football was brilliant last season, without a doubt. Some of the goals we scored and the way we were able to control games and uh, obviously getting the playoffs was uh, was fantastic. A, a tinge of disappointment, just uh, imagine from from obviously how how it ended. I mean, I don't suppose that sums up how you look back on your time at Sunderland as a whole because you have played a part, obviously, in getting them back to to where they want to be. Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, when I when I've thought about leaving the club before, obviously, you never know. It, one day you're either going to leave or or retire, yeah. or whatever. So it's going to come to an end at some point. Um, and to be honest, I always felt like I might have been a bit bitter leaving the club or. Mm. I, decisions that they might have made if they felt it was best for me to move on or whatever. But to be honest, it's the complete opposite. Um, I'm just really proud of the time I had there. Um, I, I'm always watching the games. I'm, I still speak to the lads all the time. Um, I've got some some of my best mates in football are still at the club. Um, 
so yeah I, to be honest I, I just want the club and the team team to do well and especially my mates that are playing for the club obviously not when I when I'll be playing against them but um it's well documented that I like I, I support I support the club um and obviously all my family as well yeah no doubt you'll get a warm welcome when when you return this weekend I mean how much are I don't know it's looking forward to the word it's it's a different environment to what you'll be used to being being in the opposite dugout this time yeah no look it's, it's going to be really strange um i feel like i know the, the stadium like the back of my hand in, mm. indoor the pitch everything you know so apart from the away dressing room so it will be really really weird um but it'll be great to see everyone you know i still keep in contact with a lot of people even the people that work at the stadium um one of my best mates is the kit man so you know um i'm always in contact and um no it'll be great to see everyone definitely that's great, Lyndon. Thanks very much for your time. No worries, Miss. There we have it. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment and share the video. Make sure you head over to We Are Sunland for the latest news and exclusive interviews. We'll be back on Friday with another morning briefing ahead of this weekend's clash with Plymouth Argyle. See you there.